Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning and welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm Steve Schultz, founder, along with my wife of both the Elijah List, be sure you subscribe to that, and Elijah Streams. It is a happy Monday, February 20, 2023. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, we have Johnny Endo on here in just a few moments, but welcome, welcome. Sorry I missed you uh, for a couple days while I was gone this last week. But anyway, uh, it is time for, let's see, what do I want to do first? Let's do. Let's go ahead and play a quick reminder spot on the uh, uh, wells that we're digging. Go ahead and do that then. Thanks so much for giving a cup of cold water a lot more than, than a cup. Uh, to one of these little ones, um, uh, it's a very, very real thing that you're doing, uh, changing the, the lives of these people, these these beautiful people. So anyway, thank you so much for that. All right, I'm going to play a clip. Uh, John, um, Robin and I talked on the phone yesterday, and uh, you know he doesn't come on every week. And I said we can wait for you to come on. He said no, no, go ahead and play it. Uh, as you know, that there's been more than one train collision um in my mind it's very very suspicious um but robin had a word um and watch the date on these videos that i think there's two now i can't remember because it's been 24 hours but um watch the date where he, he prophesied this about the train yeah there's two of them um here we go go ahead and play that A train in the Midwest, a train coming in the Midwest, two events, a train, but then revival's coming, like a train, but an incident with a train, yes. Tonight, an evacuation order remains in place in East Palestine, Ohio. The town is under a state of emergency after 50 train cars derailed, causing a massive fire a half mile long, which lit up the night sky and burned for hours. Officials say some of the cars were transporting hazardous materials. All right, Mike, an amazing move of God is underway at Kentucky's Asbury University. It is said to have begun at the campus chapel on Wednesday, February 8th, and is still going strong. So, so, so good. So he had that uh, on, on May of 20, in, in May of, 19, uh, of 2020, I had not yet even heard the name uh, Robin Bullock. I hadn't met him. I didn't know who he was. Uh, so that just is a timestamp for how long ago he gave this word. And God said, first the train and then a revival. <coughs> He kind of, maybe not exactly, he didn't necessarily say exactly in that order, <coughs> but he prophesied, excuse me, the train and then, uh, and then a revival. So it's a, it, that is like a divine timestamp from the Lord that when you see this train in the Midwest, 
know that revival is coming. So I thought that was just amazing. I was so glad to bring that to you. Thank, 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 thank you to Robin for letting us play that now, so you can see that. Uh, I know uh, with Johnny, we'll be talking about that train just a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry about the revival of a little bit today. Maybe he'll say something about the train too. But anyway, okay. Having said that, it is time to bring in Johnny Enlow, unfiltered. So here we go. Thirteen forty-nine hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. And as usual, I love that intro, the awakening is for your children. People may or may not know this, well, probably don't know this, that when we, when uh, Emily put that intro together, you had just spoken. You were not trying to create an intro or a um, right. a way into the program, but she um, really heard from the Holy Spirit and put that in. And it really is honestly a a perfect intro to what 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 it is we do. So, well, Johnny, how are you? What's what do you have on your mind today? I don't even. I just ask you all at once. Well, very, very good, uh, Steve. And, and yeah, it's interesting at different times. We've had that promo for about a year and you're right. I, there was, I wasn't asked for promo. It was um, taken out of some part of conversation I had. Um, and I think she was led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we've, been, we've had different points of emphasis on just those couple of few sentences I make. And the pain is for the awakening has been a has been a focus, but yeah. the awakening is for your children. We're, we're now seeing a little bit of the awakening is for your children. So there's, uh, we're, we're getting to hang on this part of, of, of that uh, promo announcement. And that's yeah. really, that really is exciting. So good. So good. Well, I know you have a lot on your mind. I, I know two subjects at least. So uh, I'm going to turn that over to you. Um, which, where do you want to start today? Well, I want to make it just a statement since you brought up about Robin right there. Okay. And I just want to make a, a brief statement. This is going to take about five minutes, hopefully. Okay. And about um, Robin and Kat, I'm aware that there has been, I'm not going to name the person or persons that have been, we'll say, taking them on and calling them anywhere from false prophets to not even uh, brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, like they're not entitled even to a Matthew 18 because of that. And partially, you know, I've stayed, stayed out of it because, you know, it's even biblical where the wood runs out, the fire runs out. And so there's no sense putting wood in. Yeah. But at some point as well, um, you know, they're not being a comment. Sometimes your silence speaks as well. And so I don't want my silence uh, to speak. Well, can you can you say that part again? Because you said some people have said to you, Johnny, your silence is what? I mean, they're telling you that your silence is almost, um, it's throwing them off, right? Though my silence is speaking, is saying something in itself. Yeah. And, and I think there's an understanding that we don't want to, that you know, we don't want to be embroiled. And that's not the focus. Fortunately, yeah. we have a lot of good news to talk about what the, the move of the Holy Spirit that's taking place in Asbury and other places. And I really do have some exciting things about that and even some history there that dates back to 1890 and huh? give us, 
some interest and something that took place there in 1905, something that's very key to what the Lord is even doing, with that being the the focal point, though it's now all over the place. And we'll get we'll get to that part in a moment. But part of it is just giving, you know, some criteria even for the body of Christ in how we address um, these matters, the more complicated matters. So there's a there's the issue of a division versus justified confrontation. Yeah. So we know that the ones attacking those who they and I, I think I've been targeted at least. Well, I know I've been targeted for the whole time. Um, as long as I've been giving prophetic words, I've been targeted. If you're not targeted as a prophetic voice, you're probably, um, well. You're not uh, trying very hard, probably, because when God not speaks. Very prophetic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just goes with the territory. You yeah, it does. won't find one biblical uh, prophetic character. and and But in that, it doesn't mean just because prophets get attacked that there's no place for accountability. But there is a, there is the biblical process and way for it. And why, right now, what's going on in the body of Christ is worth asking the question. We can ask uh, the deeper question. Is is this really just being divisive? Is this being just causing something that causes division and pain in the body of Christ at a very uh, key time when or, where mm. it's not needed? Or is this justified confrontation? So I'm just going to not go in depth, but just a couple of uh, just a couple of realities from Scripture. Uh, biblically false prophets almost exclusively were in two categories. Hmm. Whenever it talks about false prophets, that's Old Testament, New Testament, whether it would go back to them or not, when it would talk about them, when Jesus would warn about them, it's kind of two categories, almost exclusively. Um, one is for being a prophet of Baal or hmm. a false a false god, you know, related to Baal. And so that was you know, Elijah takes on the false prophets. He's not talk, he's not taking on somebody who, who uh, you know, is on our side, we'll say. It's clearly um, against the Lord and all that kind of way. And the other, especially if you look in the, in the New Testament, false prophets, they'll talk about them. They went in the era of Balaam. Well, Balaam was not a problem of him giving mm-hmm. even uh, incorrect prophecy. It was that he did it for money, for gain. So they're called that way. They're they're called wolves and they're after your, you know, if you're the sheep, they're after your wool. And so they're they're after that. So the two categories biblically established are for someone who's clearly not even in your camp, a false prophet, that kind of way. And then number two, one that is is uh, one that is doing it for money. So, um, you know, never was there any confrontation for prophets for uh, you know, questionable interpretation of scripture or some lesser theme having to do uh, with that. And, um, you know, but well, I'll update it a little bit and say, I think it's justified again, justified versus divisive. Yeah. Uh, justified is if it is, it is known that a prophet is a predator. And I mean like sexual or uh, mm. some kind of abuse or violence. If there's that, it's justified, and I, I, you know, I know some situations in the body of Christ. I wish there was uh, more strength for uh, the people who actually know the details to stand, to have the courage to call those out. Because I don't think predators, whether they're pastors, prophets, apostles, ministers, whatever, whoever's a predator, needs to be stopped. And there's still the biblical way you go after it, but at some point, 
predatorial behavior has to be uh, called out as such. Um, so that would be one reason. And the second reason would be if a, per, a person or a prophet, uh, if their ministry or doctrine is leading away from Jesus, uh, away from hmm. the love or the scriptures, either one of those, those two, then you can say there's probably something of danger in that person. If not, um, you're crossing a line that doesn't really exist even either biblically or common sense wise in going after someone, my perspective. Can, can, can I insert this? What if you're a person of note and you say that prophet or that person who calls himself a prophet, they rub me wrong. I don't agree with the things they say. They just rub me wrong. I'm irritated by them. Is there scripture for for confronting those people? No, and that's really a good question, Steve, because I think okay. a lot of times that's what happens. We have people who like certain prophetic personalities, and certain, and so we we got some we have some lining up of of the body of Christ behind a personality they like best, and 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 then willingness to be on the side of taking digs at the other, and there's no place for that. There's just no place for that. And I will say, not that this gives me um, carte blanche to go on on my theological credentials, but I'm fifth generation minister. My wow. uncle, Dave Enlow, was co-editor of the Alliance Witness with A.W. Tozer. Uh, my parents um, were pastors and an apostle over Central South America in a certain movement. And so uh, he was known as a teacher of the word. So I, I have, um, uh, you know, I, I am aware uh, I'm going to speak specifically regarding Kat Kerr and Robin Bullock. I'll, I'll say right up front, I have met Robin. We met at some hotel somewhere and I don't know, I don't know him besides that. And, um, and a lot of my friends love him and, and, um, and so they speak highly of him and what they're receiving from him partially just to uh, stay true to me receiving from the Lord there's very little. From time to time, uh, I'll be instructed by the Lord to listen to somebody or a few minutes to somebody or, or whatnot. But it's for me, it's not what I do. Kat Kerr, Elizabeth and I have known her for many years, more than wow. 10 years. Wow. And, and so we, I can just say this about her um, uh, right up front, is that she's going to lead you to Jesus. She's going to lead you to the scriptures. She's going to lead you to no compromise with sin. Yes, she's she going to lead you, and you know all this stuff too, Steve. Oh, she yeah. Will lead, oh yeah. She will lead you to taking authority. Um, and so, you know, I think some of the accus accusation coming from the main voice is that somehow this is a, um, a distraction from, um, from the main thing. And she will, clearly speak about how she talks about the Lord anywhere and everywhere. And the pink hair is even part of the reason there. So she can talk. Door. Can I just say, Johnny, too, you know, we've known Kat about 10 years. Uh, there's no other single person that I can think of, yourself included, if I say it that way. There's no other single person who has let, led us closer to loving the Lord and understanding his love for us. And at the same time, wanting to live and needing to live and understanding that we must live a holy, dedicated life uh, to the Lord. There's no other person who's done that more than Kat Kerr. And I, I hope that's a high 
Um, I praise you. Know. Yeah. And I've heard you say that at least a couple of times. And even though you should be listening to me more than I'm just here for a joke, <laughs> we, went ahead and, we went ahead and inserted some comedy in there. But um, no, she, she is. That's that's what her emphasis. And, and to then go after her and call her false prophet because of seeing things like, and for some reason, this gets brought up over and over, a mountain of jello in heaven. And uh, so, uh, you know. in his presence is fullness of joy. It is right yeah. and pleasures forevermore. No follow-up verse to tell you what they look like. Right. And so it's all imagination. It's all either you've seen some of it or you haven't. Uh, he is able to do exceedingly ab abundantly above what we can ask or even think. Um, and those are things that he has to reveal to us. And there's, you know, I could pull out scripture after scripture that speak into that. And so um, unless you have taken a tour of heaven and seen every crook and cranny, yeah, nook and cranny, you know, there's no crooks in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> nook and cranny. <laughs> unless you've seen them all, then then you can judge someone who has seen that. And so I, I can't verify it, but I can't say, well, it's not in the scripture because it's in the scripture from a standpoint of it's covered by, hey, it's going to be beyond what you can ask or think. And it's going to be, uh, you know, pleasures forevermore. Well, so, the voices out there said, I can prove to you, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, that there are no um, uh, roller coasters in heaven because there's roller coasters on earth and those are all going to be burned up. So that's proof that there's no roller coasters in heaven. I'm going well, it's not going to be burned up. That's something that's on our agenda to deal with Second Peter chapter three. That literally the translator had. A, there's, I, I can almost get to it right now. There's two words that they had a chance. Uh, uh, well, I'm going. I won't go. Be distracted by it. But I, I want to go there. And there's a word that they they everywhere else. Seventy five other times in the scripture, it means to 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 save from. Like the translation should be saved from fire guarded from and they translated guarded for fire and you can see that the earth is guarded does it uh, um it's you know what that that scripture is go ahead yeah not tell the whole thing but i saw you look right there and so second peter three and at verse two and now verse five for this they willfully forget that by the word of god the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are new, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So if you don't understand what it's saying, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were of old standing out of the water in the water. So the word of the Lord caused, and he's talking about in Noah's day. And yeah. we're not getting all the context uh, there. But so then there is, by word of the Lord, there's the rainbow. So the rainbow spoke protection. And it said, I will no longer judge the earth in this way. And it said what it's actually saying there, that same word of protection now guards the earth from fire. From really? Fire. Yes. Are you saying that's what that means? That's what that means. From It saves it from destructive fire. It'll talk yeah. later on about refiner's fire. If you understand the context of Second Peter chapter three, he starts verse one says, "I'm going to remind you of things the old prophet said." Where where do you read any of the old prophets saying this? He's talking about Malachi four when he talks about the Son of Righteousness rising with healing in his wings and releasing fire on and uh, that uh, a consuming fire on those that are evil and making dust. But you who are called by my name 
you know, you will run like uh, uh, calves, stall-fed calves mm. with joy, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so just the context, the fact that he'll tell you in verse one, I'm reminding you of something. So it's not I'm establishing something to add to the rest of what you've heard of eschatology. So and I could go. I really have. Again, there's an eight page defense of and it's clear as can be. Like I said, it was so much. So when I presented it to Peter, see Peter Wagner uh, years ago, he's like, yeah, that's that's clear. And it's why it's incongruent with. Uh, you know, the meek will inherit the earth. And then here he's telling you're going to burn up the earth. Can I ask you a question on that? I know that I hope not. Yeah, too, we're off. Not we're off the rabbit trail, but real quick. We'll just do this quick. Uh, the, the temple on earth was a shadow of the things in heaven. It was a, it was a small picture uh, of what is actually the temple in heaven or heaven itself. Is it possible or is it true? I'm spitting now as I talk. Is it possible that many things that we see on earth are a shadow or a representation of what is in heaven? Therefore, uh, roads that we have in here could be roads in heaven, mansions here or mansions in heaven. Uh, a roller coaster here could be a, a, an amazing thing in heaven as well. What, what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, it's not only possible, it's understandable from Genesis chapter one. He made man in his image and the way he made the earth before then, he describes making trees and mountains and flowers. And it's clearly that that which exists there here is image form of what's there, that there is the original. And then, uh, you know, part of what Kat has seen is there are some things the Lord's even added because he's, he's seen what man has done on his own initiative here. And so, you know, things like chocolate chip cookies may not have originally been there, um, may or may not have, but then somebody there, you know, that's part of someone who's fulfilling their calling, part of their calling in the hereafter. Yeah. Now, again, I think it's just a religious spirit that has trouble um, uh, with that, with the idea of somebody making cookies in heaven. I don't know what people think would be fun because uh, singing, singing, singing in a choir in front of the Lord and saying, holy, 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 right. Heaven. I'm just telling you that anybody who's honest, like uh, that doesn't that doesn't sound like, you know, fun. So uh, so if, if someone has invented on Earth uh, oatmeal cookies with raisins, which I happen to like and other people hate, I get that. But that would be almost proof that God it's either, it either was in heaven already or God or God will say, you know what? Steve likes those on earth. I'm going to give it to him in heaven. I mean, is that stretching it? it uh, probably not. But back, just to simplify the point. Yeah. For as it relates to Kat. Yeah. Even if it were her imagination, which I don't believe that. And yeah. I, I believe her. I believe her because she's so solid on on all the bakes, on yeah. all the foundation, all the, you know about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who they are, the Father, the love that's there, and 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 it's been her her message has been very congruent with mine. Yeah, moving forward, that we're shifting into the age of the kingdom, manifestation of heaven on earth, and and so uh, again, that's a part I don't understand. Those attacking her don't realize. You're actually contending for the exact same thing. You're on the same side of the fence. You're not even, you're not even, you're not talking about someone who's saying, uh, you know, there there are no gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's no power. There's, you know, all we have left is only waiting for for a rapture. You're, 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 you have somebody on your side in that way. And I'll just say, 
But to consider that you need to go to the body of Christ and call her as a false prophet for even if she were wrong in that, I don't there, there's no precedent. There's there's no damage being done to anybody by thinking that heaven might be as fun as it is. And and so that's sort that's sort of what I think she's being attacked for is I, I think she's at- attacked partially because it's like nobody's seen what she has said she's seen. Or actually, we do have those people. They don't have a platform. Uh, you've, you've met some of them, but you, you begin to interact and meet with people who've been to heaven. You find there is overlap in seeing, in seeing so things. Good. But my so statement good. is uh, on her is that you, you find her, her she's, uh, she says over and over, read the Bible. If you don't find it in the scriptures, uh, don't believe it. Yeah. Don't buy it. She's not talking about specifics of, uh, you know, if you find mountains of jello in the scriptures, like the general concept and the general idea that in heaven there is joy and that in heaven it's for, you know, pleasure. It's and- almost like, Johnny, there's, it's almost like a, a person is saying, I understand that Kat is saying there's this and this and this in heaven, but God is not going to have that much fun in heaven. God, that's my God is not going to have giggles and laughs and that much fun for children. And that's what they're saying. Is that an overstatement? That is. And that's they're calling the body of Christ to grow up from that type of thinking, which Jesus says you must become like a little child in the kingdom. And so I'm going to give a 100 percent disagreement with the idea that we need to show some uh, more sophisticated brand of heaven as uh, and there's a reason you're not being shown heaven. There's a reason you're not going up there and being, oh, it's wow. not being revealed to you because your sophistication, your religious religiosity. And I'm not speaking to anybody by names per se, but I am addressing a spirit there. Um, there's a reason that will not allow you to see some of the things that, that are there. So now as it relates to Robin, from what I understand, he's been attacked for his um, his style of interpretation. And as if there's only one interpretive style, right, right. That, that book here, I've addressed this in a book, what is even known, uh, there's, you know, a scripture is supposed to read in four different kind of ways. One is um, context, context, context. And then there's, you know, there is an extractable truth for all generations. And there is a parabolic thing that comes out of it. I won't go through all of them right here. At some time I'll do it proper due diligence I have in one of my in one of my books, but it's even the rabbinical understanding of, of the study of uh, of the Old Testament is Torah is that there is ways that this thing is supposed to be viewed viewed in multi-dimensional multi-dimensionally, if you will. And again, I haven't heard exactly what, what Robin uh, shares, but I just got to say um, all I know is the people who tell me they like him they feel closer uh, to the Lord. They love the scriptures more. They love, uh, they're encouraged by it. And so, you know, I, I, apart from uh, like to, to just go out there and, and go on an endless rant over and over about yeah. them being false prophets and calling and calling them out, while what seems to me a violation of proper biblical protocol uh, that you're throwing under the bus, the protocol, because you're saying, no, I don't think they're even believe. I've made a decision. They're not even believers. Well, and you know what, Johnny? Uh, I've the primary accusation, if I can use that word, the primary complaint. Let's let's downgrade it. The primary complaint is 
that the cause of the gospel has now been hurt. And I'm thinking, in what way will someone now refuse to receive the Lord because Kat has had these? I, it doesn't make any sense, but that's the, the complaint is the cause of the gospel has now been hurt. Hurt. So anyway, I'm sorry. I had to yeah, say that. No, it, it's right. So I, I'm going to go back to it because I already took longer than I was going to, but I felt like the Holy Spirit on it yeah. and, and I could go there more. But I'm going to just a, a few things I wrote in my notes here. Um, first of all, don't be body of Christ. Don't be, you know, don't overreact and, and worry. OK, wow, we're, we're going to you know, we're not going to get anything God wants us because we have uh, leading voices um, either arguing with each other or somebody throwing darts at the other. That kind of reality has gone on forever. It went on even in New Testament times and Jesus disciples were fighting among themselves. I think if you watch the chosen, even though they don't they don't do have a perfect replica of what is really scripture. You get that idea. Yeah. We yeah. Paul and, you know, there was fighting with Paul and Silas yeah. had to separate. The Bible doesn't say who was right. Paul and Silas had to separate over the usage of John Mark. And so we understand that there, this is a, a reality. We don't want to encourage anymore because then, then it has to be, but it's, you know, it, it connects to the season we're in as well, where there's, where there's exposure and we're learning how to grow up. We're learning how to uh, uh, properly discern and judge as the body of, as the body of Christ. So um, here's the deal. Uh, so a question comes up that some have asked, why do ministers accuse other ministers? And, and so I'm going to give a couple of reasons. One is jealousy, and envy. Um, that is super common. I'll just tell you, I've been yeah. around decades ministering, and it's not uncommon for me to find that in those circles. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. By me saying that, I have not uh, accused anybody who's doing anything right now of that. I'm just saying that is, uh, I'm not speaking in a generalized term, uh, what is a reality. And others take an offense on behalf of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit hasn't even taken. So they, they, they consider, again, back to kind of what we we're talking a little bit ago, that the Holy Spirit must be just so upset that people are talking about cookies and jello uh, and, and beautiful things and, 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 and from heaven. And so they take an offense for the Holy Spirit only because it violates their existing paradigm. And, and so it's just not yeah. necessary. It's, there's there's yeah. no excuse uh, uh, yeah. for, doing, for doing that. So um, it, other thing is, um, I'm going to skip that part right there. But here's just a couple things. I just want to, um, you know, it, I, I don't want to overstate this thing of touching God's prophets. Sure. I don't want to overdo that. And because there is is room for legitimate discussion. Sure. But I will say this. If you touch someone who is a friend of his. Yeah. Oh, that's huge right there. Forget putting, you know, almost gets too much baggage when it's like touch not my prophets and this and that and the other. Okay. You don't want to hear that. If you touch someone who is a friend of his. Yeah. He will. I'm just going to say this is kind of this is from the Lord. He will discipline you forever. This whoever this needs to go to. If you touch someone who is a friend of the Lord, he will discipline you. 
And he will discipline you if you are a friend of God as well. If you are not a friend of God, he will not discipline you. Oh, wow. This will just be part of the heat that being a minister, you just, it goes with it. You know, you will have tribulations um, in this world, particularly if you advance the gospel. So um, I get the first part, Johnny, because I would not want to mess around with someone who's a friend of God because they're a friend of God. But I don't understand the second part where you're saying, but if you're not a friend of God, you won't get the discipline. Can you explain that a, a bit more? Why would he not discipline you or whatever? So here it is. The closer you are to God and the more he has used you, the closer you are to God and the more he has used you, the less you can be wrong with. Okay. So it's a warning. It's a warning. It, you know, there are people, there are pretend leaders. There are fraudulent leaders. There's fake leaders. They've been able to put it all up as a uh, as a front, and um, you know, sin is its own reward for those people. In other I words, see. sin sin will will bring its own consequences. But if I you see. are a friend of God, just to say it another way, or say the same thing all over again, if you are a friend of God, um, it's like Moses was a friend of God, and so the difference it seems severe. The Lord says, "Speak to the rock," and he smote the rock he hit it the lord says because you did that you can't go in and you're like boy that's severe because the people had pressed him and pushed him and they were complaining and and all that so i'm just saying we have lost a little bit of the fear of the lord at the very top level here and and so if you are a friend of god and you are touching someone who's a friend of his he is going to correct you whether everybody else finds out about it or not, you're going to know it. And so um, I believe I believe I'm releasing that even as a prophetic declaration. Well, you know, can I just comment on that for a moment? Um, if I were if I go against someone who is a friend of God and it's pretty clear they're a friend of God, they walk with the Lord. I can tell they walk with the Lord. They're God's friend. Correction seems like the wrong word. It seems like it seems like God's saying, he or she, let's just put, put it in a generic, he or she is my friend. What are you doing? And uh, I don't know if that's a correction or if you've just wounded the heart of God, but what are you talking about my friend for like this? I don't know. I don't know what you call that. It seems no, different than he, just he a will, normal correction. He will start with that sort of entry, but there is something about, there. there is a certain... Christian personality that doesn't take in treatment from the Lord in that kind of way. They've oh. never heard. They've never heard that kind of uh, conversation from the Lord. It's and it's part of the severe makeup that causes them to do. There'll be a good side of it. Um, they can they can be severe in a good way, severe way against the enemy, but it's a lack of proper tenderness um, in their interaction with the Lord. So anyway, my final statement. On that, unless you have another question on it, Steve, which I'm fine with, is that I do not think at all there's any justification to calling uh, Kat Kerr or Robin Bullock, really some other ones, uh, false prophets, for sure not wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. That's like saying they're not even yeah. a brother or sister. 
and we're not talking about whether they're, you know, their prophetic is willing to come under scrutiny. And what I'm going to do for about another five minutes, if I if I can do it this Go fast, it. Well, yeah. And it may take a few more than as this one took a few more. But I, I want to just go uh, through my own. I know my name has been mentioned in there at least once. Somebody sent to me. I, I, I am I'm more I won't say immune to um, criticism, but the Lord trained trained me under so much opposition. Mm-hmm. I was I was forced to confront even entire movement. Uh, on my own, didn't know one, and that was at a very young age in my early 20s. And I didn't even know one person in the movement who agreed with me, but I wrote it. My dad was an apostle overall, Central South America in this movement. Based on what I wrote, he not only endorsed it, forwarded it, but he left, he, my mom, my parents left that movement based on that. And it was a severe test uh, for me to have to be able to. Uh, carry the word of the Lord under in in, in that sort of uh, atmosphere of not having acceptance. But I've had several of those, and so I he has he has weaned me from needing um, approval of men. That's good. And do I prefer it? Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm aware. You as I'd never checked this before, but I happened accidentally checked just to rumble. Uh, what was my screen was open when I was moving and and it showed um, that I was going to, it was before this program yeah. and on Rumble, I already had four thumbs down and I was like, I just I, smiled. I was like, wow, I already have four thumbs down. I haven't down. said anything yet. I was like, <laughs> that's is, good. Wow. That's good. And, and so, and you know, I think you'll get uh, um, 150 to 200 I did look at the first. I did look at that last week. I think for the first time, I go, "Hey, sweetie, look! I get 150 to 200 thumbs down uh, every time." And so you're like, "Wow, that must be hard." No, uh, you know. Well, you know, you put that out, Chris. That you and I look at the numbers because we we enjoy numbers. I found that out about you. Uh, we 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 enjoy the numbers thing. It's just fun to look at them. But of your of your 150 uh, thumbs down. That's usually up against about two hundred thousand thumbs up, or, or at least that have watched it. So uh, it's it's a little easier to take, probably. But yeah, that that that's my perspective. I, I yeah. was like, "Are you kidding me? Two hundred and thirty-eight thousand, whatever." Yeah, I was like, just like that, and watched an hour and a half, and took the time uh, 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 or viewed it. It wasn't the the likes, but it was the views, and um and but they repeat. They come all the time, and I was like. Yeah. To think that are going to get a hundred, it's not even one percent. And I was like, if we can't handle one percent criticism, <laughs> just go find, do something else, you know? Because this is like, I was used to the reverse. I was used to living off one percent of of support, oh, wow. less, and ninety nine percent opposition. So that was my training ground um, um, for it. And so I, I am, I'm fine with that. But in that, I do believe that there is. And, uh, you know, I, I think prophetic accountability and all, there is a place for it, different than the conversation we're having, because that was literally calling people, not even brothers or sisters, wolves in sheep clothing. Mm. Um, um, and, and so it's not even saying, hey, can we have a discussion, a legitimate yeah. discussion over uh, you know, prophetic accountability and things like that? But I'm just going to, uh, part of what motiv- motivated me, I got in a Paul moment. Um, the apostle Paul, you know, he got into 
defending his apostleship. Right. And, and he got tired of um, something. And then he's like, <laughs> I, I don't I, I'm not behind any of the chiefest apostles. And um, and of course, then what he goes into is what is it? 20, 25 verses of just all his tribulations. Yeah. And, and his shipwrecks and his beatings and everything else like that is like, I have the stripes of an apostle. He was a little I, riled up, and I love that about him. You know, he <laughs> he was having a little rant, you know. <laughs> and then in his, but then in somewhere else, he'll say, he'll call himself the chiefest of sinners. Yeah, he will. So there's some things as you get closer to the light, when you look, you know, at him and compare yourself, you know, as Paul progressed in his life and ministry, and he's looking at himself versus Christ, he's not feeling better. Well, I, he wasn't, didn't suffer from low self-esteem, no. but he considered himself in the light of who he is, the chiefest of sinners. But then if he just looked in his peer group, he's like, you know what? Uh, I, I think I measure up. So as you know, I don't ever um, just go on and say, and I don't have a problem with people who do, uh, but I don't go and call myself prophet. I don't, you know, I'm prophet Johnny and all that kind of stuff. I am called that 90% yeah, of the time. Right. I go places and travel, whatever. And I have been for 20 something, uh, 30 years. I don't know how long, yeah. but um, anyway, but I'm going to, I'm going to defend in short. It, it, this is going to be my moment of vanity. You're on. We're going to handle it. <laughs> and we know, we've talked about different ones of these at different yeah. times, and so I'm, I'm not going to go in depth on anyone. I'll just say uh, you can find Steve will probably acknowledge he'll he'll remember um, some of them. So I'm just going to tell mm -hmm. you what I was right about. Um, yeah. And so we're not like why does this guy? Because there's a, you know what starts leaking out is uh, why is this guy who said Trump. Um, uh, will win the second presidency and he just uh, stays on as if that's um, as if that's the only prophecy I've been giving in, in, in for right. a long time or even in, in, in as it relates to what's going on right now in revival or as it relates to many things. So, all right. So here's the, and again, this is just a moment of vanity. So you put up uh, um, with me if, if you want. But this I, I realize we have a lot of new people all the time because the, the audience is a wide um, audience. So I was right about Trump winning in 2016. And uh, there's record of, of me having prophesied that. Nobody was. It was very, Kat Kerr did. Kat Kerr did prophesy Trump would win 2016. I prophesied the week before I was at a church where it was mainly even liberal leaning and, and that they were 90% going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I said, I'm just going to tell you today that on my way to um, to this meeting, I, re I heard that 87% chance Hillary Clinton is going to win and be the next president. I said, she won't. Donald Trump will. And and then I went into many more things that I've addressed many more times. Again, I can't take that much time. Um, I was actually right about the 2020 election, um, but it was just stolen. And I think that's pretty yeah. obvious right now. And we haven't heard the end of it. So that will be for whoever thinks that that's not, there will be a vindication even on that. If you want to know why doesn't it, for those who've ever asked, why don't you just say, say you were wrong? I wasn't wrong. Yeah, and it was I was going to say that, Johnny, because there's been commentators who have said, maybe they mentioned you or maybe they didn't. They said, these people, this person said he will win and he didn't win. And then they slam and scorn and mock 
but the way the prophetic works is you you didn't miss it you got it right yes they stole it temporarily um but that's the way the prophetic works you you speak the truth no matter what it looks like to your eyes and you know if i'm saying yeah. that right but anyway. there's it actually is the truth there's a lot of things i haven't spoken because i realized um in recent times there are things that uh that i i feel like he's shown me things that he's told me i've written down that have happened already i can't tell about it because until it can be proven yeah it, like it's 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 pointless i say lord unless you tell me some things he tells me to say it anyway yeah and i'll get to uh, one of those okay so um i prophesied back right when uh and that's you know i think in my book end of the world we know it about talk, talking about it beginning of 2020 that the COVID 19 was bioengineered that i saw on a vision that it, how it had been put together bioengineered again there was uh, mocking back then from some the handful um that like to mm. like to do that that's been proven uh big time um i also early on told that the vaxes were not safe and that you would need healing if you took them but wow. that there would be something wow. you would provide for um i spoke of a prophetic increase in volcanoes that would suddenly be a sign that there were things going on underground that more than what you understood, there was fire coming from under underground. And so just because you didn't know all these things, that week it was like this huge spike. Uh, I know, listen, volcanoes, earthquakes, uh, storms, rain happen all the time. And I'm not high on, on the prophetic voices that like, see, I said there would be an increase of rain. There'd be an increase of things that are too normal or in normal patterns. I don't consider them really it doesn't make you a false prophet. It just means like, ah, I don't think that really, um, um, I don't think that really qualifies as having said something of, of significance. That's my own take on it. Um, but then I said, okay, listen, I know the volcanoes. I, I actually counted the number out and shared how many had jumped up since that word over the two weeks. I said, you're now going to get one that hasn't been active in our lifetime. There's going to be one that has never been heard of. And that will be a proof. You did. Where was that? Iceland? Where was that? Yeah, Iceland. It was that yeah. one like. You F said G that. I remember that. FJG, you know, has like I chart. It starts with an F and a J and something like that. Wow. But it, and so I gave that, but it's related to the whole. It's not just giving a prophetic word in order to be right about a prophetic word. It's tied into the whole same narrative having to do with Trump and the call. I uh, um, there was a um, telling about and we have witnesses of the prayer time we had together of Lord, give me a proof right now that I will recognize that we are in a Red Sea moment. And when I said that uh, there was a three point seven earthquake in the Red Sea. I and, remember uh, that. Oh, Amos I, three geez. seven says heed his prophets talked about Amos 3.7. I do totally not. remember that, Johnny. And I'm just, as a witness, I'm standing here saying, I I, I remember that. So I love that about you. You know, I, I love that about God, that he would do that for you, basically. Yeah. Well, and again, the, the 3.7, 3 is Amos 3.7. He will do nothing unless he reveals it to his servants <laughs> and prophets. Oh, man. Psalm 37 is all about the transition we're going through. You will look for the evil one, and he's the one getting... Uh, eliminated. This is the one I've been talking to the last two weeks, and the righteous shall inherit the earth. And so, is this that Johnny? Is that the same psalm that says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll 
give you the desires of your heart. Is that the same one? Well, it's a very long psalm, and and I'm trying to remember. I don't think that verse is in there. It's either 37, 37.4 or 34.7. I can't remember, but one of those. But if it, if it is or if it isn't, the truth is the same. If you delight yourself in the Lord, which you do, he will give you the desire of your heart. If you say, I want a volcano that's never been seen before, that's kind of a fulfillment. I'm just saying, okay, no, I'm done. Right on. So then we had the, again, I have to hit them faster than this. The Everbrand sure. was later stuck right in that Red Sea just yeah. to make it unavoidable. And I don't know if people know that Putin is right now building a base there in the Red oh, Sea. Yes. There's a story to go with that. Uh, probably the biggest one was Rosh Hashanah 2020. It's one I referred to a couple of times recently in a word back to Eden. I said, we're not headed to take over by the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet. We're not going to that. We're going into age of the kingdom and we're headed back to an Eden Edenic reality. There's a whole word. It's the Rosh Hashanah word released on Elijah. Wow. As uh, um, just so you know, this is true. I, I, the proof was there will be an earthquake of 8.9 or 9 in Antarctica. And I said, there's never, I've never seen one listed. I've looked it up and there's never been one at all. And so it was, I, I happened to find today this. Uh, oh, there it is. And let's see that. Let's see. I can't, I, I'm kidding. Yeah. You, yeah. The dates. yeah. Anyway, we've showed this before. Yeah. Uh, um, we have the proof and it wasn't the normal, uh, uh, the nor you know, the normal USGS, whatever, didn't list it, talk about it. And so there's something why it won't talk about it. And so there was what that represented. But it, it was the it, to me, I cannot forget the Lord saying, you're headed back to Eden. And I gave you a nine point earthquake. What else do you need? Um, right after you spoke is like a couple weeks after that. And it had to do with the Rosh Hashanah word. So then I gave a word after that. And I said, there will be a 7.7 in Antarctica, another one. And this will tell you that judgment is coming to all those who think they're even hiding these in subterranean places in Antarctica places. And I says that will be listed as something like George Islands or the Sandwich Islands. It won't be called Antarctica. Exactly what happened to 7.7. I'm not showing you the proof because we're doing the fast yeah. on this. And I said, and it will not stop shaking until the justice um, um, uh, component of what's taking place is done. And it's been shaking ever since um, and nonstop. So um, then I've said, I'm just, I'm stopping at this one. Trump is not done with his Cyrus call. He will not go away. Um, he is the number one kingdom asset for the mountain of government on planet earth. He wow. is right now. I'll tell you that's true right now still. And, and as far as his assignment and his call from heaven, does it make him the most righteous, holy person in government? No, but the most qualified for the call that he has? Yes. And that's what the Lord, uh, and I said, this is whether he's in Biden's seat or not Biden's seat. I mean, the whole world is so different than what I imagined when I started these prophecies anyway. Right. I so see the wisdom of the process we're, we're going through, the delays, the pain is for the awakening, et cetera, et cetera. So those are 10 quick proofs of just Gee. the last two or three years. I'm not just here on did Trump win or not win the second election? And so I, I, I'm, I'm ready to put my prophetic words and say, here, here it is. Here it is, uh, um, proofs in the pudding type thing. Um, and then just quickly, 
this is, you know, even why I was on, we'll say on the, the prophetic list as a voice before then for Steve here and for whatever is because I have a whole history. I've, and yeah. this is still just a little bit of uh, uh, like vanity yeah. uh, for myself. I told the president, he's Oscar Arias, Nobel Peace Prize winning of Costa Rica, if you want to ask him sometime. And I sat with him on a Monday and I said, there will be, I'm here to tell you there's going to be two earthquakes that are going to be over the next few days in your nation. He goes, oh, no. I said, don't say that. I'm telling you at a time. So you stay calm. You keep the people calm. They're just going to be in the five something or another. And it doesn't mean there's going to be a worse one. It's not going to be like January where there are some deaths with it. So that Wednesday, they had a 5-2 and a 5-5. And, and again, I'm not doing all my proofs mm -hmm. right here. But I've met with multiple uh, leaders, presidents, prime ministers, senators, congressmen, mm -hmm. and we have. I have. Uh, I have several keys to the cities. I have a diploma of honor from Peru, from Congress there, for having prophesied specifics of gold mines, silver mines, salt mines, lost city of the Incas, and I have a whole uh, history of that. I gave a word in Costa Rica. I said. This message on the kingdom and what God's about to do, this message on the seven mountains, is such a powerful message and, and such a perspective of him that has been pushed aside. This ties in really my last two weeks here. That just me declaring it to you and declaring you that he has the goods to overcome all evil in all seven mountains, it could blow your national power grid. And when I said that, and I could actually, if I have that newspaper and all that, as I said that, the national power grid of Costa Rica blew. Crazy. The power went out. So I'm just going to say in defense of, uh, I, I still don't call myself uh, a prophet, but I am prophetic. And I think a high percentage of what I say prophetically bears, comes out pretty quickly, pretty obviously, and that you're just better served listening, that I serve the body of Christ best yeah, if you do good. pay some attention. That's uh, good. I may or may not, I mean, I actually hear that very closely and it actually turns out true in my life. I may or may, you're saying I may or may not be a prophet, but you better listen to me when I pro prophesy. That's actually very true. And I have learned about you and not to overly feather your cap, but when you say something is probably true or, or is true, I listen, and I hope the viewers will listen closely because you don't really sloppily throw words around. When you say something, there's an authority behind it. You know, again, I'm not meaning to overly uh, butter you up or whatever words. I'm just saying, take a you know, take a note, folks. It tends to be true. So, where I think it's important, Steve, is like I'm saying, I'm willing. Uh, I'm not saying, okay, you know, this thing of don't touch the prophets. Well, is anybody who calls himself a prophet, therefore you can't question anything? No, I'm not saying that. And and I'm saying I don't even call myself a prophet, but I am prophetic. Right, right. And and I'm saying, um, I'm bringing that out and saying, you know, this is uh, this is things I can tell you right now. Yeah. I could be here for a few more hours telling you more. Are there some... Uh, uh, um, uh, things that the timing seems to be not what we thought for mm -hmm. sure. I, I still feel in the dark about a whole bunch of God's plans. I'm not trying to, that's why there's a part of me that's like resist the prophet tag. I'm like, so if a prophet means they know everything that's going on, I'm not a prophet. But if being, if a prophet or being prophetic means he gives you some things and they bear out to be true. Yes.
Yeah. That's and that's my, my reality. So part of it's just allowing for a genuine discussion and that we're not afraid of it. You're not afraid of it, Steve. I'm not afraid of it. And and so uh, Steve has me on not just because, you know, we're friends, which we are, but there is, uh, you know, the goods. We'll say I may not be a prophet, but the goods of a prophet have been revealed through things like that. Yeah, I mean, people say we believe in the fivefold ministry and we do. Uh, and and you may not call yourself a prophet, but which which one's the prophet? The thumb is that the if you have the is the pointer? Yeah, the, the pointer. And so uh, I'm just saying when Johnny Enlow speaks, I listen to what he says. You know, there's been even things when I've said, Johnny, do you think such and such is true that they're saying in the news? And you say, well, basically, Steve, I kind of think that there's something to it more than we. No, and I'm going, okay, I put a notch in that, and it tends to be right. I'm embarrassed to say, even though I doubt it, sometimes I go, I don't know if I believe that, but Johnny said it. So I just, I'm, again, your, your gift is very phenomenal. You know, it's not that you're this super righteous person that knows all things. It's just that that's your gift, that's your anointing. And when you say it, people ought to listen. So anyway, okay, I'm done. Well, and this is related to it in some ways. We're transitioning now into the amazing story of the Asbury revival. Oh, good. The related revivals. I mean, I say related because, and I encourage people to look. My Facebook is Johnny and Elizabeth Enlow. And uh, and again, if you have a Facebook, uh, it's a good time as any to say, we keep getting, what do they call, copied and we have Johnny plus yeah. the we have fake Johnny and Elizabeth and we're having mm. to get erased over and over. If you're being asked for money for prophetic word or money for anything, it's just not us. And, yeah. um, and so, um, and especially if it sounds like it's from another country and it doesn't sound like me, but you should discern it because we've had some sad stories. People who've been given money. Somebody says they're me. And like, you know, they tell somebody I've seen, you got a great call on you. I was looking at your this and, and that and the other. And so don't, don't fall for that. Having yeah. said that, I asked yesterday for those who also knew of other places besides Asbury, where the revival or some visitation of the Holy spirit like that was taking place to, uh, um, to list it in the comment section and if possible, even to put like a link to, to something going on there. And it's, uh, you know, one day later, there's over 750 comments and, um, oh. and it's just uh, amazing. I'll just tell one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great because my sister picked up um, from, she knows I don't have time to read all my comments and so she found in the comment section there, and then she sent it to me, to us, the family. And so it's from somebody named Jenna. This will just bless all you. It says, I live in Georgia. This is like in the last 24 hours. They put it on, on, on the Facebook. I know Oak Park Church of God in Georgia has been in revival for about three weeks. The Lift Church in Seaverville, Tennessee, broke into revival last Sunday, and Sunday 24 were saved. My, my pastor heard from a pastor he knows in Russia that a pastor he knows in Saragossa, Spain, is witnessing awakening. Lots of churches in Kentucky are experiencing outpouring. February 8th, Asbury Revival. February 12th, the Lift Church broke out in revival. February 13th, Lee University. February wow. 15th, Cedarville University. February 14th, Indiana Wesleyan wow. University. 
February 16th, Sanford University, Birmingham, Alabama. I got multiple reports of that, actually. February 17th, downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota. They cleared 300 desks out of an office building and set up chairs to seek God for revival. Oak Park Church of God in Georgia Revival. Or maybe that was, a, I don't know if it's a repeat or another one similar. Restoration Church, Alpharetta, Georgia, reporting powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Covenant of Hope, Bainbridge, Georgia, reporting salvation, healing, deliverance. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Forest Hill Church of God, Mobile, Alabama. Altars are full. Salvation, healing, deliverance. Kingsway College, Birmingham, Alabama. Everybody's slain on the floor as of last night. Oak Park Church, Mobile, Alabama. 50 saved this year. Church of God, La Follette, reporting a move of God. Uh, New Life Church, Miramar Beach, Florida, 88 salvation, five rededications, 83 baptized in Holy Ghost, 87 delivered, 31 healed, 41 water baptized, Sorrento, Church of God, Florida, miracles breaking out, North Main Community Church, full-blown revival, no altar room left, Encounter Church, Rockwell, Texas, revival started January 5, 100 plus healings, Fresh Start Assembly of God, Peoria, Arizona, people running to the altar, Lure Church of God revival broke out three weeks ago. Ten saved, thirteen baptized, and Holy Spirit miracles breaking out. Potter's House, and I'm almost at Church of God revival. Revival broke out January 29th. Ten salvation. Compassion Church, Bridgen, UK. 187 people saved in three day period. Report from Wales. UK pastor led 18 members of one family to salvation. He said it was like revival. And then, however, this the entire nation of Uganda is breaking out in revival. Thousands of souls saved last week. And this person said, this is only about half the ones I knew about. So, and I have 750. I don't know if they're all reports. So now how does this tie in both to prophetic word? uh, uh, You know, my first, our first uh, Elijah stream of the year. I I gave this word. In fact, I think it was named that. Um, It was everything. Let's see if I got it. Uh, everything, everywhere, and all at once. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was amazing. And you said it many times. Everything, everywhere, all at once. By the that's way, crazy. Johnny, real quick, did you say one of those was in January? Because, you know, of course, we all look at Asbury and say that was the genesis. That was the start. But you said something in January, I think. Yeah, well, I, that, I said that January 5th. That yeah. was January 5th. And Jeez. I said specifically that the Holy Spirit said that he was making the whole world, that this other subtitle, the whole world becomes the upper room. That's right. And I said over and over, I said, now, this is an offensive prophetic word. It's ridiculous. It's like too much. The Holy (laughs) Spirit said, give it anyway. And I'm telling you, we're beginning to see, I'm not saying it's happening because of my uh, uh, prophetic word. There's no, I I don't want. You're just saying it's an offensive word, no matter who delivered it. It, Yes. Yeah. But I'm also letting, there's part of, I guess there's leftovers still from the vanity part of saying, um, you know, we're tracking. We're tracking on what God is doing. That was the word, the first. And then. Uh, um, oh, I also mentioned at that time that Carrie Job's. I said just like her song wasn't just her song. Um, her, her husband and others, um, you know, the blessing from a couple years ago was the theme song for the year. I thought um, that she's singing a song, "Make This an Upper Room," and um, 
and and so that I believe this would be our the song for this this year, whether it grows into that as a song, but what yeah. the song represents. And so, of course, the upper room for those who didn't know that that was in Acts chapter two. It's where yeah. the disciples were challenged and encouraged to wait for the Holy Spirit. One hundred and twenty waited for the Holy Spirit to be outpoured over them, so they would be empowered to properly not just celebrate upper rooms but to be salt and light. Yeah. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And so that's part of the message coming that I'm going to begin to connect to here real quickly, because there is a message that I'm more important. That's more important in us uh, um, running with uh, right, right now. But so that was the first Sunday. I mean, our first Monday of, of this year, we talked about everything everywhere and all at once. The whole earth is about to become an upper room, no evidence. I can't tell you how ridiculous when I gave it, I, I heard laughing almost audibly. It's like, this is ridiculous. Whoever heard of this kind of thing? And I just telling you a little bit about what's reported from one <laughs> comment and it's it's going out. And and I'm not one who prophesies revival, if you know that. I'm more, I'm mm -hmm. in what revival is to produce, which is sons and daughters living nine to five world, Monday through Friday, being active uh, transformation agents, reformation agents. But here's the football prophecies and just the briefest, um, not, not to hurt your brain. And don't check again, especially the ladies. Like, I don't want to hear about football. It's not about football. It's about the numbers um, um, with it. The football prophecies. The Georgia Dogs won the national championship 65 to 7. So we identified the importance of Psalms 65 went through Psalm 65 and um, and that 65 um, also happened to be the total, the game, uh, uh, the professional, now this is, so that was college, in the pros, the National Football League, the Eagles and the Chiefs won their game that preceded the Super Bowl, the sum total of their two games, the winning, uh, the winning score, if you did the 38 plus the 30, um, seven was 65. Oh, it was. Oh, wow. So we brought that up to 65. And I, I brought up all the scriptures is about justice being poured out. And in verse nine was a big thing the NLT. I love it. In verse nine, Psalm 65, the river of God has plenty of water. And I have in my notes, I said, this water is not just for revival. It's a revolution and it's for, um, it's for reformation and ultimately for renaissance. So we're tracking. This is what this this water is for. And I, I furthermore spoke into in the January 19th program that 1967 and 1995 were 28 years apart. And there was the Jesus movement. And then 1995 was the, the Toronto movement and then the Pensacola movement. And that what has to be addressed now before I said this right now, before we get the visitation. We have to connect it to a better narrative. I said the narrative cannot be what it was in 67. Jesus is about to return. It has to be the kingdom is about to be revealed. Wow. On that's that huge. Was, that's the you, point. Can you just pause there for a second so nobody misses that? The narrative has to be different. It can't be Jesus is returning soon. It has to mean what? It has to be what? This has to be about the kingdom is about to be showcased. That's it's huge. Showtime. 
that's part of the book I've been uh, saying. The end of the world as we know it, a prophetic word for entering the new era. And that was just based on the revelation I was having in 2020, which I feel like far exceeded at at this point. But we want you to, um, um, you know, I'm saying have some confidence what I'm telling you because we're following that track. And it fits in still with the other, the meta narrative we've been talking about for the last two or three years. All the things being exposed, who the Cyrus is, what his call is, what the assignment is. This is all all connected uh, uh, to it. But then February 6th, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, I no, it was bef- the week before then, uh, Steve. This ties into whenever Bobby Connors was on as well. I brought up that the gavel decree of Daniel 7.22, that a judgment was made in favor of the saints and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. This is pre the revival breakout. I said there has been something registered in heaven. The gavel I talked about earlier in the year, actually the first two weeks of the year, we were on the beach and I was walking on the, uh, by the beach and I kept seeing the gavel of the Lord, gavel of the Lord. And I was taken to this scripture and he's like, there has been, I'm either, it was either happening or a reminder that there had been a decision made in heaven, a court decision that it was time for the age of the reveal of the kingdom through the saints of the most high. And that's what was next. And then Bobby Connors was um, really confirming that with everything that he was showing. And so that scripture is Daniel 7, 22. The time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. And so this is the narrative that we're, I mean, it, it's happening so fast. We're speaking things and they're happening yeah. like this right yeah. now. And so this is, this is uh, an ex- exciting time. So, and then, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, and if somebody, I should have brought that up to anybody who's listening um, of the staff there, uh, Steve. But if you remember from 2020, when the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, there was a Sports Illustrated cover that showed them winning and it said kingdom comeback. So if anybody, really, might, really, if Emily gets that kingdom comeback sports illustrated cover right after the 2020 um, Super Bowl that, that showed, you know, it had a picture of Pat Mahomes on the front that they just won the Super Bowl, but they call themselves King, the kingdom kingdom comeback. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, Kansas city is interesting because the city represents two States it's the heartland of the United States. I-35 runs right through there. Isaiah 35 is the, is the passage that speaks, and there will be a highway of holiness there. God has spoken to that before. 35-35 was the score of the Eagles and the Chiefs until the three-point, the field goal. You add the Trinity to that, and you have there it is. kingdom comeback. 50 years later, the Chiefs rule again. Now, keep that up for just a moment, because that's... Uh, uh, I forgot another. I really I probably have it in my notes here. That's not from this time. So people, that's not from this time. No, it's from 2020. I said that's that. I'm 2020. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. It's 50 years later. It connected to a prophetic word. Bob Jones, the prophet, had given Bob Jones, who passed on on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the timing of that uh, several years ago. And but he gave this word a long time ago, saying when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl the next time. It will essentially speak of a kingdom comeback, an advance of the apostolic. If you understand the apostolic, true apostolic being released, it is kingdom comeback. It is reformation. It's the seven mountain mandate. It's all that stuff. And so that was the first. 
And as I pointed out, I think last week, when it happens a second time, which it just did in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And so that thing is, is established. But guess what also, when that happened 50 years before then was uh, 19, uh, 1970. And that was the previous time. I don't know if they've considered something in between there. There was an Asbury revival right then, right after the Super really? Bowl. Really? Before. There's an, a, a connection and attachment. So he's speaking, yes, revival, but he's speaking kingdom revival, kingdom comeback. And for our purposes, we really haven't seen the kingdom in, in, in this um, kind of way. All right. I got to read these things quickly. Man, it's how time flies when we're having yeah, fun. It does. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so the uh, here's what's interesting. This is the connection that I believe the Lord really wants us to understand about Asbury as well. So for those who don't know, you know, Asbury is in Kentucky, Wilmore, Kentucky, and it's a Methodist. Um, it's a Methodist uh, uh, school um, college. I don't know how how that's its roots. Um, yeah. and, and I haven't seen what what exactly the paperwork of uh, if it's directly a Methodist project or, or whatever else. But it comes from, for those who don't know the Methodist background, that's John Wesley. Yeah. And John Wesley was, uh, you know, he was uh, he was somebody that really highlighted and focused on holiness and 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 for it, there being youth and 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 uh, young people and more that could show up in society and 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 not bend and bow to all the sin and to all all the you know the stuff that's there to take you out. So there's a there's an attention even with Asbury being the focal point again, and and it even connected to these football teams and games. There's an attention to John Wesley as well, and John Wesley Hughes is the name of the founder of Asbury College, 1890, and you get the name there, John Wesley. He's named after John Wesley, and he was a pastor. He holiness missions minded. Um, and one that wanted to see, he talked about, I want curriculum that addresses everything. Well, that's what kingdom is. That's what the seven mountain mandate is, is curriculum that ad- addresses everything. And the answer to everything is not just signing on the dotted line, not just raising your hand. There is, uh, you know, that's what our resources are that go into, uh, uh, stuff that we have. We're not by, talking by about- that. You mean, go make disciples. In other words, decide not just- it didn't say go get signature cards. It said go make disciples of nations. But specifically, yeah. uh, and I don't, I don't. When I bring this book, unfortunately, you won't find any. I think we're, I know we're totally out, but there's online you can get it. Rise, reformers influencing society every day. We have a chapter. There's seven areas of society: government, economy, education, family. Or the seven areas. We have a diagram that goes into. Who the operating principality? Who are the demons? What's their assignment? What do they do? Who's the archangel on on our side? How do we come back? What's the face of God that we are manifesting? We work with people all across the world, um, even have different universities that have uh, formed around this concept of the the seven mountains based on how they got it from my books. And, And so I'm just saying we have some understanding. We're not focusing on that point right now, but for those of you who've heard it for the first time, um, just be aware, we have that resource, and it really does give understanding how the kingdom is to show up, not just discipleship on, because th- 
typical discipleship is just tells you the foundations of the faith, but it doesn't tell you. So what does that look like in education? What does that look like That's in cool. Hollywood? What does that look like, you know, in, in government, et cetera, et cetera. And we, and we literally do work with people and have for many years all over the, all over the, all over the world in all these areas of, of society. But back to, um, so here's the deal. Here's the figure I want to, um, I guess it's going to be our, our, our closing salvo as we go into a few minutes into it. The most famous Asbury alumni that I believe the Lord wants attention to come to right now is E. Stanley Jones. Mm. And I consider him the most, uh, I don't know if they do, but I believe he is the most kingdom significant alumni they have ever had. And E. Stanley Jones lived from 1884 to 1973. And we pointed out about the total score, the final score of 38 to 35 of the Super Bowl adds up to 73. And yes, there is a Psalm 73 component to the messaging. Okay, so I know we're hitting you with a lot of numbers. We're talking about 73, Psalm 73, because the Super Bowl score added up to, there's 38 plus 35, was 73. And so God was speaking there. Eagles and Chiefs together, 73. Psalm 73, verses 1 through 16, is the psalmist just complaining, essentially, of the deep state and how much power they're getting away with everything. Mm. When are you going to do something? And then verse 17, then I went to the sanctuary and I understood the end of men. I understood what was going to happen to evil. And so then all the rest of the verses explain what's going to happen to evil. It's worth reading. It's relevant. If we had had more time, I could give I could give uh, a good bit of time to Psalm uh, 73. Go there. But I also think that 73 is drawing attention to East Stanley Jones. That's the way the Holy Spirit spoke yeah. to me because he passed on in 1973. Wow. And, so, and we're seeing again in Asbury. Uh, he was a key figure in Asbury. He was touched by the Holy Spirit in Asbury 1905, same time essentially as the Azusa Street Revival. They had, they had, there was some mini revival in Azusa and uh, Asbury 1905. So they have a history of this that goes back. And I, I do believe it connects to John Wesley, John Wesley Hughes, and this man, E. Stanley Jones. So this man was touched uh, by the Holy Spirit and he became so significant. He traveled, um, he had 70 years of traveling around the world and in ministry. And and um, he's been called the, the, the Billy Graham of Indiana, mm. uh, of India, of the nation of India, excuse me, not Indiana. And um, and so he preached over, you know, tens of thousands of messages. And um, he was uh, Nobel Peace Prize, not winner, but he was up for the award in 1962 and 1963. And the reason for this is very important. So I'm covering a lot and I'm having to say it fast. And I know some of you are like, why don't you give us notes and do it slower? It's like you can listen to it again. Don't expect it all to be broken down for you in short order by prophetic people. They're going to give you stuff you have to go back and dig into if you're hungry hungry for it. But um, he won the Gandhi Peace Award in 1963. They were friends. He and Gandhi were friends. And uh, many of the discussions he would talk about and talk about in their books. And one of the things Gandhi wanted is a Christianity that was relevant, that didn't just happen in church, that showed up in society in some kind of way. And so uh, he was a confidant, whether he wanted or not, of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, this East Stanley Jones. And he was trying, uh, he was doing his best. He understood the international world. He traveled internationally a lot. 
He understood, he prophetically foresaw a war between Japan and the United States and an attack similar to the Pearl Harbor one, the way we were offending them. So he was trying, he was trying to uh, be a minister of reconciliation um, out of, out of that. And so uh, he was involved in, in all these types of things. And he was never championed by the Pentecostals or the Charismatics, really not by denominations at all, because he was so far ahead of his time. He was a forerunner. He believed the kingdom of God was relevant to everything. Uh, he was a forerunner in seven mountain thinking, in kingdom practice. And, uh, 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 and so this outpouring that's taking place in Asbury and other places is to connect to that type of passion. And I have to show this book. Let's see if we get it. The Unshakable Kingdom and the Unchanging Person, E. Stanley Jones. Okay. And if y'all, you probably can't see how many, every page is just going to be marked up, bent yeah, up. Yeah, you see and, some of that. And this, none of this did I get for my Seven Mountain. In fact, all this is, my books were all written before I ever read his, but I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm. I feel like the body of Christ didn't get him. He was used gratefully. He changed things at a high level. He addressed, he interacted with uh, governments and whatnot, but he, he, it's so much about the kingdom and how relevant it is. Uh, I had two or three pages I wanted to read mm-hmm. on the kingdom and the, how the king comes with his kingdom. And it's relevant now that if the kingdom is not relevant now, it was never relevant. Like the idea that the kingdom doesn't come back to Jesus returns is just ridiculous. And it's why he's like, why are we in such straits around the world? Uh, it was because of that. One of the most important things about this book, and I recommend it for everybody. Don't expect fluff reading but it's not yeah look at that he wrote it when he was 87 years old and so here's a man who's contending at this level ministry for 70 years touched by the asbury revival anointing it's what kicked him off and and then he was one who believed the kingdom was to address every area of society every situation the kingdom salt and light was for everything or was not at all the kingdom was to to respond to everything or nothing. There's no niching it off to the kingdom. Wow. Sounds like today's newspaper, according to what you're teaching. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so I want, I just want us to uh, carry, uh, you know, I just think we haven't done a, a, a proper service and honoring uh, of this man, East Stanley Jones. Many people, his books have sold three and a half. He's, uh, you know, three and a half million books wow. worldwide in 30 languages. And so he's, He's not unknown, but he's unknown compared to what he should be for right now, particularly his later. I just say that book because it's his sum of everything he had learned. You know, some, when you've been in ministry 70 years, what you write in your first 10 years may not be yeah. all that. But what you've written after 70 years and after, I mean, the wisdom and strength that's there and, and how I feel that the Lord is even drawing attention to Asbury so that there be some attention uh, being brought to East Stanley Jones, I just think it's um, it, it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing. So, Steve, on this, um, uh, a couple more insights on on the Super Bowl game, like they keep coming. Yeah. You know, it's, oh yeah, it's, good. It's and, and they're but they're tied into all this as well. The two quarterbacks were you know they're both to be liked because they're both vocal Christians in their own ways. There's Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and and uh, Jalen Hurts. 
but I feel like, you know, sometimes the Lord just has you look at, okay, the last five letters of, of both their names. So Jalen Hurts, Hurts is, is, is that. And, and uh, the last, Mahomes, the last five are Holmes. And because there's like, why did the Chiefs win over the Eagles? We've already addressed that before. I'm not going to redo that. You have to go back. Some of our most interesting programs have been the last several. So I recommend that if you haven't, there's so much revelation coming from the Lord. And he's really speaking it, really confirming it for now. Um, and again, to remind you, when we name people or teams, it doesn't mean they represent anything other than a prop. They're a prop for, you know, it's like an actor in a role or whatever. So when Patrick Mahomes winning and Jalen Hurts losing does not mean he's more holy or doesn't mean the Chiefs are. Right. It doesn't doesn't speak into that. It's just these are props the Lord is setting up and he's telling a message and he's saying, you know, the rocks will cry out. Uh, if you can't give me the proper honor, do my name, majesty, I'll, 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 I'll get that. I'll get that storyline out in some other in some other way. But there was uh, um, uh, this would be too much really for uh, Emily to find. But there was one of the big plays at the end of the game was number one for the uh, for the Philadelphia. No, for the Kansas City Chiefs that he would heads up enough. He, he had an open field and he ran to the one yard line and he and he stopped right there and he did it. So the clock would run, would run. So oh, that, that's right. If you remember, they kicked the he wanted field. to run the clock out to, to improve the chances of winning. Right. He just because if he scores, they still have a uh, kick off again a minute and a half. They would have had a minute and a half or two minutes to to come back. Wow. And so, but in doing so, he eliminated himself from. Super Bowl fame in in the sense that he really? didn't TD. So he sacrificed a touchdown. Like he's going to have to tell the rest of his life, I could have scored a touchdown in that Super Bowl, but I didn't. Wow. He, sacri he sacrificed. And the Lord began to, there's a truth for us. He wants us. Uh, it's related to everything else we're, we're talking yeah. about. So um, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of Philadelphia, was also number one. So there's two number ones. Uh, and, and then Patrick Mahomes was number 15. And so he took a knee rather than score a touchdown. And it was the reason was, so the enemy has no time or no place so good. in order to do a comeback. So you take a low road. So this is relates to everything else we've been talking about as well. You can take a low position and it can stop. It can kill the enemy's chance at a comeback. Okay. For whoever that uh, it needs to hear that, but there is, Holmes was number 15 and his, his shirt was number 15, Mahomes and Psalm 15. His thing is who will ascend? Psalms 15 was who will ascend, you know, and he was of clean hearts and, and all that kind of stuff, depending on what version of the Bible, if I start quoting it, it'll be different than what, what sure. yours, are, yours are in. And then Jalen Hurts. Okay. Now hear this. Cause it's again, not a knock on Jalen Hurts. Don't hear that. But this is, this, this is an important nugget of truth for the body of Christ for a lot of us right now. Hurts and he's number one. Okay, number one hurts, and so uh, um, and there's a me me component uh, to that. If you nurse hurts, you nurse disappointment, mm. and and so and I've noticed this spe specifically the tendency for prophetic people, um, seers, prophetic intercessors. There can be it's part of their ability to feel and all that kind of stuff, but they where they can get locked in when I've had to counsel them out and try to knock them out through various different means is where they'll get locked in disappointment and their own personal hurts. And if you watch the recent 
and I don't want to give it away too much. The chosen has been amazing, but there's a part where Peter, um, you know, he's just disappointed that the Lord didn't come through for him. He's coming through for everybody else, but he's not coming through for him. And so it, it's just a great little teaching from the chosen, chosen. Yeah, but so disappointment good. will disappoint you. And I feel like even there, the Lord was just saying, you know, the difference between homes and hurts. Like, don't be someone right now who's locked down in hurts and disappointment. I'm not going to move forward until number one is taken care of, until he's spoken to number one about my issue. You know, we all have the areas, our kids, our health, somebody's health, somebody close to us. Uh, we all have them that are like they're, you know, they're in a paradoxical or you know, perplexed mo mode. Um, um, contradiction, better, better word as well. And we have to stay firm and, and trusting in the Lord. But this pour out, this outpouring he's doing right now is for uh, um, is for homes. It's for family and, and it's for holiness as well. And the way we stay out of uh, losing, because that's ultimately, again, the, the connection with the story there with Jalen Hurts, I'm not saying about him. He's a good guy. Best we can tell. Um, but there is this thing of if you stay in your hurt, you stay in your disappointment, you won't step into all he has for you right now. We're going, it's, you call it revival uh, uh, time. I like reformation, um, renaissance, revolution, um, upper room, upper room everywhere. So upper room is to get empowered. Again, this is a takeaway for us. An upper room, when he says the whole world's about to become my upper room, the upper room is not where it ends. Upper room is not an ending. It's a beginning. Yeah. And upper room is an empowering by the Holy Spirit, a fresh anointing to start showcasing the kingdom, to carry within him where you can be like Peter and meet the blind person, uh, the, the lame and say, you know, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give you get up. He didn't. He says what I have after the empowering from the Holy Spirit, such as I have give I to you, get up. And we want to be carrying that. And we want to be carrying it, not just for healing lame men. We want to be healing lame systems. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Lame education systems, lame economic systems, lame cities. We want to enter the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. We we're rebuilding ruined cities and the desolation of many generations. This is an exciting, exciting time that is before us. We want to get our hearts on the right side of, of the proper response to the Lord. And we want to get out of, uh, back to our topic number one, we want to get out of the finger pointing and accusation. Mm -hmm. Not necessary. If there's something that needs to be addressed, if wolves legitimately need to be addressed, okay. But apart from that, there, there needs to be proper, you know, holiness is about proper biblical protocol. Matthew 18, going, um, going through things. So I've not named any, named anybody. If you say, well, you're, you're addressing so-and-so. I'm not addressing anybody if I haven't said their name. Yeah. I'm giving general principles for the yeah. body of Christ. Right. And we need to not find excuses to, uh, to fight uh, meaningless things when we have this opportunity to be carriers of the flame of fire of who he is and to be healers of society, both of individuals, systems, generations, cities, and nations. Wow. Okay. 
Is that it? I want to make sure you finished off here. Well, this whole page we didn't do. <laughs> well, and next week. So next week, I guess. Oh, or after, oh my goodness. Page, <laughs> that page we, we, we didn't do. All right. I do. I'm glad you brought that up. There's like, I got one thing from the Lord as okay. far as a direct prophetic word for right now. Okay. And I don't know what, how it's exactly going to look. Um, and then I got to be faithful to Elizabeth and 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 not forget the things um, about you're supposed to announce. Before you do that, uh, I have a couple point. I have one point, and one question. But go ahead and finish that oh, yeah. part. And, and you do as much. I, I just know my. Uh, yeah. It's now up to you if we extend and expand sure. it. Sure. Yeah. But, go um, for it. So the Lord, this is I got last night, middle of the night. I'm about to make my presence felt in CERN, Switzerland. Oh, good. They will know they have bumped into the king of the universe. Now, listen, can I just comment? You know what I said earlier? You spoke that. I've learned to listen to that. So people listening don't say, well, that could be that. Johnny, I'm not, again, not trying to feather your cap. But you just prophesied a specific thing. You might have a little bit more to do. But listen to this. Say it again, if you will. I am about to make my presence felt in CERN. Switzerland. Now, not yes. Bern, Switzerland, CERN, for yeah. those who know capital C, capital E, capital R, capital N. You can go looking into, my mind can go down what some of what that could be. Yeah. Uh, but the Lord says, they will know they have bumped into the king wow. of the universe. Wow. Speaking of himself. And so um, I was like, yes, Lord. I, I mean, I've, even when I just said it, I, I saw it like a fist come oh, down. Yeah. And I don't know what that's going to be. And it may be there's so it goes so underground. Maybe only somebody from them will know about this. But I'll just say that and let it accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. And um, and this is just a, a real brief thing to um, Steve. And then I want, you know, question and comment um, back 20. This is the Lord just speaking about the worship that's going on right now back 20 and 30 years ago we had some good worship and worship leaders um but overall as the body of christ we were more we were embarrassed about our quality and and um and now the quality's there and more and um but this is what i was hearing from the lord we're like we're too good we're too tight in our excellence of craft of chord progressions transitions pitchiness you know we we've yeah. figured out how to get rid of that. And but now the body of Christ itself is demanding. And this is what you're going to find. This is for worship leaders. This is for pastors, leaders, the body of Christ, particularly after they get touched by these revivals, these renewals, this encounters with the upper room. A rebalanced body is craving authenticity. And and uh, they're saying, give me real people with an occasional real tear. And I don't care if there's some pitchiness, some wow. musical perfection. Uh, we want worshipers in spirit and truth. Um, and we want that more than we want somebody who can go multiple octave ranges. His compromise is out. Slick is out. Getting high and drunk on Saturdays and leading on Sunday is out. Um, excellence of spirit is in now. And, and to think of this like there's two legs, you walk on two legs. And um, 
so there's the two legs related to worship leading, music, worship like that is there's excellence in spirit, excellence in craft. We had to dress this when we were pastors for 15 years. My wife and I is like we would have the excellence in spirit, but not very excellent in craft. Mm. And like, how do we prioritize who leads and who gets uh, the, the, you know, the mic more time. And, and so um, what we had before um, we, we used to, you know, there was a time there was neither, but then there was like, there was excellence in spirit, but the excellence in craft wasn't there. And so we made, we've made that adjustment and we've over adjusted, um, but we want, and we need to learn to walk on both legs. We want excellence in spirit. We want excellence in craft musically speaking and and but just like walking you have to learn to lead you you don't hop on both legs you lead with one leg and so the holy spirit is putting an emphasis on leading with the correct leg and that correct leg that that priority leg right now is excellence in spirit yes he wants excellence in craft but we've we've been backwards we have been backwards we're putting the excellence in craft above the excellence in spirit yeah. and, and the church and, and the congregation is going to be discerning this more and more. So it's a word also, there's some caution this to leaders, worship leaders. This is a big deal. It's important. Part of the purity that has to come is you have to value what you're doing and understand the importance of your leadership of the body of Christ into a higher place in the spirit and no more, uh, it's like there's almost just a community of those among themselves who are the top notch excellence that there's tons of compromise. They know it. And they're just like, that's just what happens among us. No, the Lord says no. Holy Spirit says no. The church says no. This is where it's going. And so that's that was a little something. That's good, good. Well, that gives me two comments and a quick question. Uh, Kim Clement used to say, I don't want perfection. It doesn't have to be perfect. It was a thing with him. I'd heard him say it over and over. Um, I didn't necessarily hear them mess up, but he was willing to have them mess up in or, order to be spirit-led. So that was one comment. The other thing I'm just going to look at, uh, Psalms 73 later, I'm just commenting because I graduated in 1973. There were 73 uh, of us graduating, and that was exactly 50 years ago this day. So I think at least for me, I got to look at Psalm 73 because that's too, and I've always remembered that. So anyway, I wanted to comment that. The and other thing, Stanley Jones, the 73 member, he was. Oh, I need to do gone. that. That's another connection to it. Totally, totally, totally. Now, a quick question, uh, statement. You know how uh, when Jesus was crucified, Pilate, I think it was Pilate who said, write on it, uh, King of the Jews. And they said, no, no, don't, don't write that. Say he said he was King of the Jews and he's, and Pilate says, "I what I have written, I have written." And by by that, he was prophesying, even though he wasn't meaning to. It was an accidental thing. So here's one, uh, a statement and a question. So this this week and yesterday, I was watching, and there was a detractor. If I said his name, he'd probably recognize the name. Uh, but he said, "Don't," and he said, and he used the word preempt, preemptive. He says, "I'm going to be preemptive here about the prophets," and he goes. Don't let the prophets say, this is our move. This is, you know, he says, they're going to say, oh, I saw this coming and I prophesied this and this is our move. And it was, it was not meant as a compliment, but it was a prophecy 
because he's saying this is not the move of either the prophets or anyone else. This is the move of God. I don't know. Any thoughts about that? Well, I understand there. there's the good part of what you're saying and the bad part. The good part is there is a desire to protect this pure hearted thing that's taking place. The purity of, um, I understand even Asbury has let people know there's big names that say, hey, we'd like to come in and with our cameras and, 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 and then there's big worship leaders want to come in and help them and impart something or whatever. And, and there's like, no, and I believe that no is 100% right. And it's part of what I'm talking about as well, that there is a, an embracing of authentic and I, I, we don't care. We don't care. if yeah. here. We don't care if the, you know, the drummer didn't hit it just right. Right. I don't even have a drummer there. And, and so that is of God. And there is, there is a, a real desire to see all man's fingerprints off of, uh, yeah. and particularly famous uh, fingerprints off of it. Cause yeah, everybody wants to come in and claim and, and uh, you know, they, they saw it, they prophesied or whatever and whatever the things I was sharing. Yeah. I want you to get that because I, I haven't been prophesied. I don't prophesy revival. Um, the Holy spirit being in an upper room towards, you know, that's part of even my, uh, the grid of how I'm uh, particularly supposed to come, not come against revival thinking, but revival thinking that you just get a buzz. That's just like embracing an upper room for the sake of the upper room. The reason you get something is because there's a big kingdom assignment right. that's what you're always going to speak into. Totally. I haven't speaking to that's our promo. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. So to that degree, I have to continually uh, uh, do that. I'm trying. I'm, I'm definitely not trying to uh, take any uh, uh, claim myself for this particular Asbury thing. I didn't see it come. I didn't. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, I, I wasn't uh, in any way even inferring that. But this yeah. was not meant as the compliment that uh, this was not meant as a compliment, but it kind of a hit against the prophets who they've been picking on. So they said, don't let any prophet say um, this is our move. Well, none of us are saying this is our move. So it's kind of like a red herring. Why would you say that if none of us are saying that? But if we see that, we darn well better say it. If we see well, it coming. Yeah. Part of what you're saying there, it's, it's turned into a little bit of open season on the prophets. Yeah. Especially because we've had these leaders that have been respected that have been working in with the, the prophets and in and out of them. And their own at times they have no problem being considered prophets themselves. And uh, the ones I know about actually prophesied Trump as as well. But they've um, backed off in some way. Yeah. I hope people forgot what they've said at different places. But that's a whole nother uh, yeah. story. But it's it's become open season on the prophets, and again, uh, um, there is a time for next level of uh, accountability, credibility for the prophetic, and I invite it. That's why, in I say the vanity of even me showing my stuff. I'm like, I'm here. I there. It's recorded every single week, and but there's so many of them that I've given. It's hard to remember them all, and I'll say like, well. If someone's like, well, I found one that didn't happen. I'm not telling you that you can't find something that there doesn't seem to be uh, a fulfillment of it yet. I'm just telling you a lot, a lot of what I'm saying is being fulfilled. And based on that, you know, for for some reason, the the profit thing is the only one that there is a demand, just like a baseball player. If you don't get a bat, a hit every single time, Hmm. then. Um, then you're no longer a good baseball player. You know, if, if you're a basketball shooter and you don't hit um, 1,000 
of them at 1000%, then, then you're not there. Yeah. And the biblical um, uh, standard I pointed out over and over and over is even all the old Testament prophets, they all got considered false prophets because it didn't happen in the timely fashion that they would have wanted. And I'm not going to repeat that now, but we can re revisit that again. But yeah, don't be a part of the open season on the prophets, but it's all, all right as well to, um, you know, accountability for the there some accountability. Hopefully that's mainly provided through the maturity of the body of Christ looking at, you know, you hear what they say, find the resonance of the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you don't know uh, and this, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to say this only take 10 seconds. Maybe there is your part is when you hear a word, check your Holy Spirit resonance. You don't yeah. just have to go, well, I don't know what to do. So-and-so says that. And so-and-so says that. Find Holy Spirit That's resonance good. inside of you. Because it's only supposed to feed the part of your connection with God. That's good. Prophetic gift is to assist the body of Christ in their own hearing from God, not to be a competition That's with good. the voice of God. Good, 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 good. All right, you have some announcements as well, Johnny? All right. So, wow. Um, oh, briefly, it's, it's a, pra a miracle report. We're telling you about the United Airlines pilots. So I'm going to go ahead and give the guy's name. Tom Floyd is the, the former United Airlines pilot. And he says they had a miracle since a week ago when I announced it. They needed eighteen thousand uh, dollars and it came in towards Good. advancing their um, their suit. And um, they have a give, send, go at Wings for Liberty. You either remember that or not. Wings for Liberty, Tom Floyd. And it's it goes into the process. And they're still looking for because they have ongoing weekly stuff. And it's just a kingdom thing they're doing. They're standing yeah. up for righteousness, for justice. Good. And it needs to be called there out. Right they here. win. Yeah, there, there we go. So go with that. Um, the other thing is what we have on our Elijah Street. Um, it's usually in front of my name there. Um, Restore seven. I don't know where my name. Yeah, we put that restore7.org. Yeah, Elizabeth and I are doing a regular thing of echoing a new narrative. We're doing an echo, echoing a new narrative series, and it's on the seven mountains. It goes into practical stuff per mountain as it does. And so we have done uh, two so far one on media, one on family, and we talk about the real world, real life right now, what's going on. And, um, we believe you'll be uh, blessed by looking into that. It's on our R7 Rumble, R7, well, just like there, except it's just R7 Rumble. And I don't know if it's Restore 7, R7, but you can find it if you have any kind of um, abilities at all. And and um, and then we're doing uh, Someone You Should Know program interviews. Primarily, Elizabeth is doing those. She's uh, doing an amazing job, Someone You Should Know. And we're picking out people, reformers, Good. from the mountain. So we have Amy Black uh, from Gold Monarch Healing Center in, in Texas. And, and we know them personally and blessed by their center and all that kind of stuff. But you, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, spotlighting uh, reformers who are actually doing this, advancing the kingdom of God in a practical way. And so that's under someone you should know and uh, up for discussion. And so we just want you to be uh, aware of for those who would want, because I, I, I don't I don't have time usually to go in that depth into what it actually looks like mountain by mountain. By that, I mean, area by yeah, area, yeah. like the health department, the counseling department, the 
economic, et cetera. And we do cover those in those uh, in those places. So look for that. And I, I believe you'll find uh, stuff that will um, that will be fresh, new and, and inspire you in new ways to become a reformer now empowered, encouraged by the Lord, touched by him, washed by him. You break off the disappointment of, of your past and, uh, you know, ways he wasn't faithful to you, way he, he missed your timing up and you, you're, you know, it just looks like you're never going to get your baby or you're never going to get married or you're never going to get that job. You're never all these things. And you just break off the disappointment, get over the number, the hurts of number one and, and allow yourself to serve him in this kind of way. These are exciting days, exciting days. Yeah, they are. yeah. Could you, would you pray for the people as we close out, Johnny? Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing yes, in our day and in our time. Lord, we've been, it's been a tough season, a few years of, of speaking of, of things and, and believing for things and breakthroughs and seeing some measure, but not seeing the full measure, right. being aware we're in a, you know, a, a World War III battle. And it is a huge battle and it still rages. And in the midst of it, Lord, we see you doing amazing things. Lord, even while the news in areas near where the revivals are all going on is about trains derailed and, and not being safe even to breathe mm. there and all that. Your sons are f- and daughters are flocking there because they've heard there's water in the river. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is there. And so, Lord, this just shows who you've made your sons and daughters to be, Lord. Those who, uh, who carry your courage, who look for opportunities to showcase your kingdom, showcase your healing, showcase your hope to speak of it to pass it on and lord we thank you for the way this uh, this move of your holy spirit is invading the earth lord many places even that are listening right now are saying we want that visitation yes, receive lord. it in the name of jesus just receive it now in the name of jesus let the fire of the holy spirit be released let this upper room reality that he promised us from the very first uh, uh, days of this year he promised that this would be yes, turns into we don't even know what that's like lord yeah. let it be released you have the faith for it wherever you are just receive it be the starter for it be the starter fire every one of these fires has had a starter a starter testimony uh, a, a starter they prayed for something something happened you can be part of it and just be one who also releases this and this becomes the response from heaven the enemy has come in but like a flood, the Lord is raising a standard. The enemy has come in. We've seen what he's gone for the last few years here, last two yes, or three uh, years especially. But like a flood, the Lord is coming in. And let that flood now be released to you. Let it touch you. Let it heal you. Let it encourage you. And thank you, Lord, for all this. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Reminder, Nathan French will be with us tomorrow. God bless you, everyone. Thanks for hanging with us for a longer show. But it was so, so, so meaty and uh, important. So thanks, Johnny. God bless you. Give our love to Elizabeth. And we will see you all again tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.